It's time for the Believer, Unbeliever, and In-Betweener podcast. Join in on the conversation as three friends discuss socially relevant topics in view of biblical truth, where scripture meets skepticism. Welcome your hosts, Stephanie, Michelle, and Cheryl. Hey, listeners, welcome back to the Believer, Unbeliever, and In-Betweener. Today, we want to talk to you about gender identity. And we really want to just have a casual conversation about this today. It's not, you know, we're not bringing on experts or referring to uh, expert sources. We, we just want to have a casual conversation because it's kind of in our face all the time uh, in recent months and especially with this election. So we want to kind of go over things like, you know, it, hey, is it biology? Is it choice? Is it social construct? Is it is it even a mental disorder? Um, you know, how have we arrived today? How have we arrived at having, I don't know, it's something like 58 different genders to, to choose from. And, you know, we're teaching it in school. Is that a good or a bad thing? Um, you know, things like uh, conversion therapy, is that, a, is that abuse or is that, you know, a, a well-meant attempt at helping, helping a child out? You know where where does everybody stand on this? Uh, it's such a such a hot topic today, so we thought we would have a conversation about it. And I guess I can kick it off to each of us to see where we stand on it to let our listeners know um, our positions. So why don't I kick it off to Stephanie? We'll start with okay. her feelings about it. Okay, so yeah, I kind of see this topic as twofold. You know, what is it? And, you know, seeing if we could reach some sort of agreement around what it is and then how should we respond to it? So I would say, uh, based on the research that I did on what is commonly called transgenderism, which um, I would say is really a form of gender confusion, um, there is a term that I'm sure a lot of people may have never heard before. I know that I was not aware of this term until years ago, until I started actually digging into what transgenderism was. And that term is called gender dysphoria. So that is really what, when people use the word transgenderism, you know, it's really gender dysphoria. So let me read what gender dysphoria is, all right, for the listeners. So, and for those who'd never heard of this, gender dysphoria is a medically recognized illness. Uh, Gender dysphoria is a condition in which a person has marked incongruence between the expressed or experienced gender and the biological sex at birth. This causes clinically significant distress or impairment in social, occupational, or other important areas of functioning. Gender dysphoria belongs in the family of similarly disordered assumptions about the body, such as anorexia nervosa and body dysmorphic disorder. Its treatment should not be directed at the body, as with surgery and hormones, any more than one treats obesity-faring anorexic patients with liposuction. The treatment should strive to correct the false problematic nature of the assumption and to resolve the psychological conflicts provoking it. 
most, most young boys and girls who come seeking sex reassignment come with psychological issues, such as conflicts over the prospects, expectations, and roles that they sense are attached to their given sex, and presume that sex reassignment will ease or resolve these conflicts. The unfortunate grim fact is that most of these youngsters do not find therapists willing to assess and guide them in ways that permit them to work out these conflicts and to correct their uh, misassumptions. Rather, they and their families find only gender counselors who encourage them in their sexual misassumptions. So I agree with this uh, definition of uh, gender dysphoria, that it is a medically recognized and classified illness, a psychological illness. And so I look at it as a psychological issue that needs uh, to be understood, I think, more in society so that we can come alongside these individuals and uh, support them through resolving these conflicts so that they no longer have these conflicts similar to, like they said, that this is classified under the same uh, grouping as someone who let's say has anorexia um, or they call it the dysmorphic disorder. That would be like, for an example, somebody like thinks they um, are missing an arm, but they're not, I mean, it's stuff like that. Um, it, so because that gender dysphoria is classified under that same umbrella, I would say it needs to be treated the same way we would treat someone who has anorexia where like someone with anorexia, they see their body in a way that isn't um, in alignment or it's incongruent with who they really are physically, but their mind, they see their body in an incongruent way. So I would say gender dysphoria is very similar to that. They're, they're not able to, it's incongruent with their biology and, and that conflict needs to be addressed and resolved to really help these people. So that would be my position on this. Um, so do you want me to go? Um, I guess for me, as far as the different genders, um, I, um, I go by what the Bible says. I go by God made male and female. Made, you know, and that's it. There's just two genders. There's male and there's female. So I'm agreeing with the study that Stephanie found, whereas I think that it is some sort of, um, it's definitely a mental condition for sure. Um, I would, I would lean towards that. Also like what, what's going on today in this world is, you know, I, I watch a YouTube channel and um, there's a, a family that I watch and the little boy is five years old well, four or five years old. And the parents, loving parents, um, very encouraging. They're there, they're with them raising these kids, but the boy has an older sister and he dresses like a girl and it was cute as a baby. But uh, what I'm seeing now today is that it's being encouraged. They're allowing him and he's, he's not even developed yet. So I don't know, like, is that also like, I don't know. It's kind mm -hmm. of, I don't well, know. It's like that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Michelle, I think you bring up a really good point. And this is another contributing factor to gender um, dysphoria as well. And that is when we look at the development of a child, you know, up to the age of two, that's when a child begins to realize they have different parts, right? Like a mm -hmm. young boy can look down and say, oh, I have something down there that my sister doesn't. Okay, that's as far as it goes, but they don't know what that means. And then when they get to about the age of four, um, 
they begin to then understand what that means, that I'm different because I'm a boy. And when, what I heard you say is that this child is four or five years old. Yeah. um, When the parents are during that time, yeah, are misreading. Like, so so Mm. for example, a young boy might put on his mom's heels because he likes the sound of the clicking, right? Or he may put her pearls on because he thinks that right. the pearls are nice and shiny and he, or he wears the lipstick. Cause he's like, Oh, I like this color. Right. Like she used to it get doesn't mean, down. yeah. Like it doesn't mean, okay. or, or vice versa. Let's right. or with the girl, like the girl is like helping daddy with uh, fixing his car or his tool. Right. Right? It doesn't mean, okay, now she's uh, wants to be a boy or vice versa. But I would think every parent it's, understands that. I mean, no one, well, no one's misreading that as, Ooh, maybe we should go get them a sex change, you know? Well, I think what's happening. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. But I think what's happening is because of the messaging that people are getting more and more that, um, you have, parents are told you need to let your child determine what he or she wants to be. There is a lot of parents who are going, Oh, he's wearing my heels or he's putting on lipstick. So therefore maybe he is a woman trapped in a man's body. And then they're reinforcing that at those ages. And that Mm -hmm. is another factor that contributes to this gender dysphoria that Mm -hmm. I think parents and society need to be mindful of. And I I just, I think a lack of knowledge is, is the biggest issue personally. Right. And just real quick, like that's the, that was my point of the whole thing of this, like you should want to do this podcast is the fact that Here's a four-year-old boy. He hasn't developed yet his his sexual identity. And instead of the parents saying to them when they, when he was younger, like three, I'm getting my nails done, and he he would be upset. I want to get my nails done too, or you know, I want to dress in a in a, co- a princess costume. Their job as parents at that age need to explain to them, well, you're a boy, and boys do this, or boys do that. How do you explain all the millions of girls and boys that um, did? play with things uh, at the opposite gender when they were young and you know the boy that wore a dress and the girl that built a truck and then grew up totally normal like they were not well, convinced that they were the opposite sex well, well let me let me offer a, a response to that because I don't think it means that a hundred percent of the time there that child will develop right. uh, what we call an incongruency between their biological gender and then their psychology catching up to that. However, I think it creates a breeding ground where it could lead to uh, significant distress within mm-hmm. that person where they begin to have this conflict internally. It doesn't, I wouldn't necessarily say that it means 100% of the time. Look, I used to do things as a young girl with my brother, like climb trees and play baseball and Mm. and stuff like that. It didn't mean Mm. that I became conflicted in in my gender. But if maybe to Michelle's point in those earlier years, if there is enough confusion, yeah, like if, if, if there's not a clear understanding in that child's mind of like, I'm a boy and this is a boy and I'm a girl mm-hmm. and this is what a girl does. It could create like a breeding ground for that confusion to take root. And again, I think there's other things too that will um, contribute to people maybe having that incongruency psychologically. It's not only, hey, my brother played with Barbie dolls as a kid, so therefore now he doesn't realize he's a boy. Could, could some of that play into it? Sure. 
because we are shaped by culture and we are shaped by the world around us. I don't think it's a hundred percent of the time that that would be like saying, does that mean every single woman who grew up with, um, let's say not having a very close relationship with their mother, does that mean a hundred percent of those women are going to grow up mm -hmm. to either be transgender or homosexual? No, I, I, I wouldn't say that. Right. It just, it just opens. It, it just sounds like you're saying it. It opens the window for the vulnerable. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And Michelle, I find it interesting when you mentioned being a tomboy. I mean, I was a tomboy too. And Ooh. I think a lot of girls were tomboys, mm -hmm. but you know, some of that, um, some of that can also come from um, the way boys are, you know, they get more leeway, they get more options, um, you know, whereas girls are raised to be perfect and quiet and prim and proper and stuff like that. And so it could be very attractive for a girl to want to run with the boys, so to speak, because it gives them the the freedom so it's not like they want to become a boy but they do want to run with the boys because they want mm -hmm. the same options as a boy yeah I didn't think that way when I was a kid I, I liked boys I, I had a crush I just like every boy that I had crushes on boys so I knew I, I mean I, at the time I didn't know what game I thought gay was happy I didn't know what that meant <laughs> but I, I know that I, I loved I just liked boys I just liked the way they looked I liked the way they dressed it was more of that I liked the, mm -hmm. their style I liked and I, and I wasn't into Barbie dolls. I didn't, I don't know. I just, but I wasn't taught like to be prim and proper or boys get more options. I had that with not even, maybe, maybe in a level, maybe because my brother is five years younger than me. And I know that he was treated like the prince. So maybe it was more of something like in my family. Like I kind of wanted to get the attention, like maybe him. Well, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. If that's, yeah. Like, like, well, kings, I, like princes and so yeah. you want the options of being able to get maybe. away with stuff and be served just like maybe. they do. yeah maybe I don't I don't know if I thought that that intense or that deep I think I just had a crush on boys I thought they were just I liked the way they dressed I liked the way they looked and and I thought I, I looked like a boy I, I had my hair short I liked it short and I just remember just just really liking I hated dresses I hated dresses I hated stockings I hated shoes I didn't like any of that I like to be comfortable and I like the boys were able to wear comfortable clothes. And that that's what really was my, you know, why I think I leaned towards being a tomboy. It was more of just, I liked the clothes. I didn't like wearing dresses. It was too uncomfortable for me. So I think that was <laughs> the biggest, that was, I think a big, nothing wrong with that. So I'm just curious since is it, does anybody know, or has anyone researched, um, is it typical that a person who transgenders then becomes same-sex attracted because like, let's say a man is biologically born a man, but then transgenders into a female. Does that then mean Ooh. he wants to date a man? Does right. anybody know why, how that works? Yeah, because it's kind of like, why don't you just be gay? You know, that's all whole thing too, yeah. It's very interesting. Well, that's I'm just question. curious, does anybody know? Like, Well, I, I think yeah. it goes both ways. I think I've seen both, which okay. goes to show that no matter what gender you are or think you are, you're still some people are still going to be then same sex attracted or or opposite sex attracted yeah yeah that's just interesting but yeah because i would think i mean if i if i just took a guess at this and i have no facts behind this but i would guess that the more a person um 
believes in their mind that they are a particular gender. Like a man believes that he is a woman. I would guess that he would probably desire a man. Right. Right. Like the, the, the more, the more convinced they are of themselves being female. Oh, I think I know the yeah. answer. I, I, I used to watch, there's a jazz. I don't know if you've heard of jazz. It's, it's, uh, I, I've heard of jazz. Yeah. yeah. That's actually, it's interesting because that, that family lives not too far from me. Um, I didn't know them or anything like that, but I did, you know, I watched the show cause I was like fascinated, like, Oh my gosh, what the heck is going on? And anyway, um, and it was interesting seeing like the location. They'd be like, oh, I know where that is, you know? So like, I kind of watched it for that reason. But um, he turned into a woman. He was a boy. He wanted to be a woman, a girl. So he got the, the sex change and everything. And now he's a girl, but he dates boys. Like he's attracted to boys. So why did, you know, so that mm-hmm. that's, that's always interesting. Cause I feel like it, I don't know. I have a, a, a girl in my neighborhood and this is really sad she was a cute not really that cute but she was a girl she had long blonde hair she had blue eyes probably had issues you know mental issues I didn't know her well but she went to school with my kids lives right around the corner from me she's now she's a boy but it's really awful because I think the drug that she was taking went bad and it's she it's she's an ugly boy now it's really sad bald like she has she's bald it's like I wouldn't even it's just horrible um he's a boy now and he's just like he looks deformed so it's just wow. yeah I think it's um you know it's just very very sad that that you know it gets to that point and I think that it's a shame that a lot of these therapists or whatever the gender therapists are encouraging it I just feel like you know it is like you said it's it's a mental disorder that you know they need help you know like somebody thinks they're Batman and you know really thinks he's Batman that's a mental disorder like we would say that guy's mental. Remember, we watched that video. I don't remember yeah, what he was. <laughs> yeah. So well, like, I mean, yeah, you bring up a good point, Michelle. I mean, it, 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 there is an element here of an identity issue that, that, yeah. that's, that's here too. Right. So a guy like the guy that was on Dr. Phil that we all watched, you know, who <laughs> firmly believed he was Batman, <laughs> right. That would be a dysphoric disorder because he truly really did believe he was what he, his physical body. Okay, but all kidding aside, Batman is a mythical character, okay? Whereas if someone is, if a boy thinks he's a girl, you know, that that could be the case. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. Yeah, but I think, I think the issue is, well, okay, but, but it all falls under the dysphoria umbrella, right? Just like, just like anorexia would still fall under that because they're seeing their body or their identity or their image as incongruent with their biology. So someone who thinks they're a cat or <laughs> thinks they're a different gender or thinks that they're fat when they're not right. or thinks they have um, missing limbs yeah. uh, when they don't have missing limbs, which is so also, a dis- which is kind of odd, but that is well, that's a, an, that that's is a true, provable, you know, uh, that can be proven. Easily. Right. But, but we could say it's observable that you're not a woman, just like it's right. observable it's a, that you're not you're a cat. Born. It's, it's right. observable that you, you have two arms, even though you think you don't have any arms. Right. So I understand what you're saying. Um, I, I'm just yeah. also curious how we can be, um, you know, sometimes I think, you know, who are we to be experts on this? And there is such a thing as, um, you know, being born with, uh, with both parts or being born with no parts or being born with extra chromosomes or, you know, uh, different DNA. So, so, so 
regardless of what a child might look like to you, how are we so certain that there really isn't something physically going on, you know, that isn't just a mental. Yeah. Well, Well, I I did research on that. Yeah. And I did some research on that. So, well, go ahead, Michelle. And then I'm going to bounce back. Yeah. I was just going to say, it's not always the case though. Like I feel like, you know, you're born a man, you, you, when you're born at birth, if you are born with a penis, you're a penis, whether you have less chromosomes or not, whatever, that, however that person's going to turn out, doesn't matter. You were born a boy, you were born a female. That's fact. You're born, that's what you are. You're not, you weren't born, you know, yes, anything other true. than, right. So on your birth certificate. Right. So you can't change. Right. Like that. Well, when that's the, that's well, they call I'm, that bi- your biological sex, Michelle. That's right. And, that, yeah. and that's, but for me, I feel I'm, I'm standing firm on the fact that you go by the biological fact, unless you, I don't think you should, it's, it's, you shouldn't have, you shouldn't be able to, or allowed to change your gender. That's just my opinion. And just for clarity, biological sex and gender are also two different things. So, all right, well, whatever it is, if, uh, you know, and biological sex has been around forever, but gender was introduced somewhere in the eighties where, you know, as, science advances we learn that oh wait you know you're not just a boy or a girl there's there's gender right now i don't agree i mean yeah. science, i'm just not agreeing with it just i'm giving you my opinion i'm just not i'm, well, I'm not trying well, to be several i'm just don't agree with changing your sex the gender well, well, or whatever they're doing i did some research on um what we would call aberrations right so someone like a hermaphrodite for example Um, that would be considered an aberration or where chromosomes are out of order. Um, And it is one to less than 1% of the population have what are considered aberrations. Do they happen? They do. I would offer that we should not base our approach in terms of how we should respond to people who struggle with gender dysphoria based on less than 1% of abnormalities that happen. Just Just like there are you know, twins that don't fully separate at birth and they, you know, are joined together in their bodies. I mean, that is like less than 1% of the time that that abnormality happens and things are going to happen like that in, in, in birth and in nature, why they happen, how they happen. That's, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's case by case. I would right. say we should probably, in my opinion, I would say we should leave those less than 1% aberrations out of the, uh, right. out of the conversation. Right. Um, well, I also did some research on, I, I, I don't know who was saying it, Cheryl, either you or Michelle, but in terms of the DNA, uh, it says modern science shows that our sexual orientation begins with our DNA and development in the womb and that sex differences manifest themselves in many, many bodily systems and organs. So it's not just the genitalia, all the way down to the molecular level. Yeah. So, so it says cosmetic surgery and cross-sex hormones cannot change us into the opposite sex. They can affect our appearances and they can stunt or damage some outward expressions of our reproductive organism, but they cannot transform it on a DNA molecular level. Uh, mm-hmm. It says they can't turn us from one sex into another. So on a DNA level, it's not possible. Can, can surgery and hormone treatment stunt or change some yeah, of the I've outward? Seen it. Yeah. 
I've seen it. Scary. So it sounds like all it can really do from this from this perspective is um, help the individual just feel closer to their identity and fit into society closer to their identity. I would say yes, because if we go back to what gender dysphoria is, is teaching us, is that there's an incongruency. So there's an inner conflict going on between the outside appearance and then what's going on psychologically in that person. So they have two choices. They can resolve the conflict psychologically or they can resolve the conflict externally, right? Wow. So because it says here, this causes clinically significant distress or impairment in social, occupational, or other important areas of functioning. So if they're experiencing this significant distress, because psychologically they're saying, I'm a woman, but externally they look like a man, then one way to resolve that conflict, yes, I would say, I would agree with you, Cheryl, that they resolve that conflict by changing the outside to match the the psychological dysphoria. Right. I would offer though that we should focus on resolving the psychological conflict rather than enabling these individuals or encouraging these individuals to to resolve the conflict externally where when you I did some research on um, how many people who get sex changes change back. And it was really hard mm. to, to nail down like an actual percentage but in general, what I found was that many was kind of like the, the, the you know, many defined as, I don't know how you'd want to define that because it, it ranged, but many who transgender do find that they want to change back to their biological gender. I guess the, the point is, is that um, I would say the, the most loving response that we can have to people who are struggling with this, because let's, I think we all agree that this is a serious um, conflict for people and it causes them a lot of internal stress and um, they, you know, they, they need a solution. And so when we think about, well, how should we respond to this community? Or if we know someone that's dealing with this, or if we ourselves, have, you know, if someone listening is struggling with this, I would say that understanding what it really is, is, is the, is a good starting point because then once we understand what it really is, then we're better able to address it in a way that's going to return that person back to congruency. You know? Yeah. And I mean, if it's, if we want to talk um, just like mental illness, right. I mean, depression, you can say you could either take a pill to feel happy or you can identify the root causes um, but even that's up for debate, right? Some people think it's, it's just, a, it's a neurological situation and you, there is no, there, there isn't necessarily an event or something that you can work through and get happy again. Sometimes, you know, perhaps it's different for different people. Yeah. But I like where you're going with that. I, I think that's a great analogy to make that where similar to depression, um, you know, a person has a choice. Do they want to get to the root of it, whether it's biological, chemical, or whether they want, or w whether it's the way they're thinking, or maybe there's a circumstance in their life that they have to work through, whatever, or do they want to just band-aid it with a pill? Yeah. You know, um, I, I, I would agree with that. It's similar yeah. in that way. Yeah. And then to further that point, you can't, you know, we, and we have all experienced this firsthand, um, 
you can't force somebody, you know, to go get help either. And even if someone's, you know, schizophrenic and, you know, acting completely bizarre, if they don't want to fix it or if they don't want to get help, you can't force them to. So that's another issue. Yeah, I totally agree with that. You know, yeah. mm-hmm. and- yeah, I don't think we're forcing it. I think, I don't think society is forcing it. I just think we need to offer like the right help. Like that's the bottom line, really. It's like, you know, instead of encouraging and, and they have these therapists that are saying, oh no, he has to be what he wants to be and then go rush and get the, the surgeries, you know, because that, I mean, that's not, I'm not saying, you know, forcing them not to do it, but I don't think it should be encouraged. I think that like you're saying, you know, like my neighbor, she, I don't think she could turn back, you know? So why, if you want to dress like a woman, dress like a woman don't go to the extreme of changing your your gender identity like if you want to i don't know it's just that's just my opinion I, and i'm not hating i'm not hating how is that is in that less than one percent bucket Maybe. and so you know Maybe. because there's millions of people that are perfectly happy with their with their choices right yeah right because remember i th- i think if we look at it in the context of a conflict that needs resolution if they've resolved that inner conflict by matching their external with their internal, unless the internal then changes again, Mm. they may, in my opinion, they they may get to a point where they experience a a, a congruency. Right. Because now, but then what happens? Right. Right. But Mm. then the question becomes, well, did you just take something that was incongruent and, and then enable that incongruency or did you, where you you're ignoring the root cause and right. i think that's kind of what you yeah. yeah you know what what also just popped into my mind i mean you could have parents that are mentally ill i mean there's good point you know, obviously there's millions of parents that are mentally ill and you can have a parent that you know wanted a girl really bad but she ended up having a boy and now and yeah. now she encourages him to do girl things because it makes her feel like she had a girl. I mean, that could happen. Yeah, that's a great point. And I, I, I would bet that, (laughs) that that contributes to a lot of this confusion. Yeah, that's a great point. And I, I, I've had friends where I I saw that happening. You know, they treat their child as the gender that they wish they had. Right. Like I, I always wanted a little boy and I never got it. So I'm going to put my daughter in all these sports and right and make her my little boy that I never that had. Yeah. Happen. Yep. That must happen. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. And I mean, personally, I, I look at this topic as more of a psychological medical conversation I don't even think we even need to debate it from a biblical perspective. I mean, yes, if somebody wanted to ask the question, what does the Bible support in terms of this? I would say that, you know, I I would agree with the verse that Michelle is bringing up, you know, Genesis 5-2, in the beginning, he made them male and female. I I think the Bible is pretty clear that there were two genders that God created. um, But then you have Jesus accepting everyone and loving everyone. So now what do you do? And again, that's a different question. You know, do we love all people? Absolutely. But love means doing what's best for that person. And so I believe that the most loving thing I could do for someone is to make them as whole and congruent as possible. So if someone's suffering from this, 
I would not seek to encourage them to go have a sex change. I would encourage them to get at the root and to, and to get the congruency they seek by resolving the psychological issue there. Um, you know, the Bible does say that God is not the author of confusion. To me, this falls into the category of confusion disorder. So um, I would say that this is not of God. Disorder is not of God. Um, all this gender confusion is not something uh, that's put forth from the will of God. So again, I would see the Bible being in alignment in this case with the medical and psychological uh, assessment of this. However, they decide to, again, solve that conflict, that confusion that's within them. How are they going about balancing that out? And I would say, from my perspective and understanding of it, I think we're doing them harm and we're not loving them by pushing them to change their outward appearance in order to resolve that inner conflict. The more we encourage them the way typical society is, is trending, I think we're ultimately harming them more. The same way, you know, I, I think they need, they need treatment. At the end of the day, we, you know, whatever the reason is that, that somebody decided to be whoever they are, at the end of the day, it's still, my stance would be, it still does not, it, it should not invite um, bigotry or denying them basic human rights and, or, you know, telling them they're not allowed in the military or they're not allowed here or there or in, or in politics, um, it, it, they're still human beings. So at the end of the day, why are we fighting over their choices? Or why should we? Because, and, and maybe as the unbeliever here, I'm gonna see it from the perspective of, it tends to be Christians or um, people very heavily in their religion that, sort of point these people out. So what does that mean? Somebody help me with that. Stephanie? Well, <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, look, you know, if, I can't really speak on behalf of like the military or other organizations that make the choices that they make. You know, I, I'm not gonna speak on their behalf, but I, I can speak on behalf of, of believers in the sense that because we are ultimately accountable to God. You know, if we encounter an individual who's struggling with gender dysphoria, we're always going to, well, we should as Christians, um, help them to move toward, towards a place of wholeness or peace and ultimately within themselves. So if there's that struggle that they're having within them, I think the most loving thing we can do is come alongside them and support them where they're at. Um, I, I do. I do not believe in 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 not loving someone just because they're struggling with a disorder or if they're struggling with sin in any way. I mean, we've all struggled with sin. I don't think that this is to say that people shouldn't love these people, um, but I also think we always want to hold a standard, a godly standard, as a Christian uh, for for everyone. Um, and help them to come into alignment with who God 
it created them to be so that they can experience the most peace that they can. Uh, it doesn't mean that they will choose that. Yeah. Can I address? Yeah. yeah, I was going to say, um, Cheryl, that the only thing that I, I get what you're saying, you know, we shouldn't be hating on them. Like if they want to order a wedding cake and things like that, I get that. The thing that I think that is not, shouldn't be allowed is um, sports. For instance, you have a male who had a sex change to be a woman, but yet he's still built like a male. He's still faster and stronger than a woman, vice versa. I, I just feel that's the only thing that I find I don't think should be allowed because of that. That I don't, I don't agree with because you're born a man, you got muscles like a man, you're built like a man. I don't care if you put a dress on, I don't care if you had a sex chain, you're still built like a man. And you well, still I would agree you, with that. I mean, yeah, any, so, in any sport, you know, the same, the same weight and body build has to kind of be fighting yeah, against Fair. <laughs> yeah, of course, it's not fair. But that and that's where I'm, I think we just, you know, kind of draw the line in certain areas. I think you need to draw the line. I'm not saying you can't walk into a, a cake store and say I need a, you know, a cake, you know, whatever, or whatever the thing. I don't I don't agree with bathrooms. OK, so the gender thing, too, you got a male or a female. I don't like the idea. And, and I don't know if this is a, I know at one point they were thinking about this, but I don't male, female, that's it. It shouldn't be male, female, other. I go to the doctor. I don't want to see on the form male, female, or other. It's kind of like, really? It's like, what is that? Things like that. I mean, I don't know. It's just it, to me, it, it, first of all, it's going to confuse people. It's confusing. <laughs> not only are they confused, it's confusing me. I'm like, it's not confusing know. to you. You know what you I'm are. Like, what am I? Am I a male, female, or other? What other am I today? Am I Minnie, Minnie Mouse today? I don't know. Whoever you want to be today. <laughs> I know. Anyway, so that's just my two cents. And again, you know, look, I, I, I don't hate on anybody. I, I'm afraid, you know, they're people. Um, I, you know, that's fine. I love, you know, love people. And if they're nice, if they're good people, I'm, you know, obviously if somebody's going to be not nice, then like an ax murderer or something. But anyway, I'm just saying I, I'm not being a hater on, on this whole thing. I just, you know, give you my opinion, voicing my opinion and that's it. Yeah, no, I just, I wanted to close <laughs> it out with, with just sort of the, regardless of what people do, you know, can, can we all, can we all just love each other? Yeah, know? of course. <laughs> of course we love each other. I, I definitely, that's fine. We all, uh, because again, it is between them and God. That's all. I just I'm doing my job by, um, I'm doing my job by, following, obeying what the Lord wants me to do, and and that's just it. I'm just gonna spread the gospel, spread the good news, and plant seeds, and God will do the rest. And that's my and job. Sure I, no one I, has a problem with you expressing, you know, Stephanie, as you said, like if someone came to you with this problem, you would express the way you you know what you believe about it and that's fine but then but then you gotta you know we talk about step this all back. anyone's right. problems then you have to step back and let them work it out you know yeah, okay. yeah. yeah i mean uh, again laws to not allow them to do things and you know that's where i think it gets a little ridiculous yeah like 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 i said earlier i wouldn't necessarily make this a believer or an unbeliever issue mm -hmm. i would make this more a psychological mental illness issue and if someone came to me i would probably try to help them find a uh, therapist that would help them resolve those inner conflicts someone who specializes in this sure not convert version therapy that sounds kind of sketchy to me but um that's what i probably would do i would 
I think what a person believes about God is not really even relevant so much to this topic. Um, could, you know, would I share the gospel with them? Sure. Um, show them that, uh, the love of God and what he did on the cross for them. Sure. But I would probably address this more from a psychological perspective. In my opinion. That's funny as the unbeliever, I think it has a lot to do with Christianity or God, Jesus, unbelieving. But, Cause I would think you'd, you'd approach it differently depending, depending on your beliefs. Or they're, or they're treated differently, depending on well, belief. Well, I think that um, if a person, let's say, comes from an atheistic mindset, I think they could still comprehend gender dysphoria outside of a biblical worldview. So I would say that I don't think a person has to have a biblical worldview to understand gender dysphoria. Just like I don't think a person has to have a biblical worldview to treat or understand anorexia i think an atheist oh, yeah, can understand sure. it you know so, so I, that's why i'm but saying i mean so there are there are transgender people who also consider themselves christian so yes would, and i and i've heard you know, it's interesting and of course they they're probably going to go down the the jesus loves everybody route right yeah like, i heard their argument and um unfortunately i just don't think they're they have a clear understanding of scripture. They use where Christ says in Christ, there is no male or female. There is no Jew or Gentile. There is no slave or uh, free man. They use that verse as their proof text to support that God uh, does not want them to be congruent with male or female. They use that verse. They say, well, in Christ, if I'm in Christ and there is no male or female, that's right. just a misunderstanding. It's, it's not, it, that verse is saying that, um, because you got to remember that in the old Testament, there was a, the, there was a wall of partition that existed between Jew and Gentile. And so that whole thing is saying that whether you're a male or a female or a slave or a free man, or whether you're a Jew or whether you're a Gentile, salvation is available to you. It doesn't mean that God is saying that you could be transgender if you are in Christ. That, that's not what that's saying. So they just misunderstand that verse, but that's their proof text. That's what they stand on. You know. All right. Well, yeah. thank okay. you for okay. listening to the podcast. Hey guys, um, right. give the uh, Gmail and Instagram again. I'd, I'd love it if any of our listeners, you know, if they have questions because obviously we're not experts on this, but if people have questions or comments, yeah, inform us yeah. get right. Please, please let us know. Yeah, yeah, that, that's a great point. So um, the email address is un.believer.inbetweener at gmail.com and we will list that in the description. So, yeah. All right. All right, everyone. Well, thank you for spending the day with us. Hey, bye, everyone. Bye.